Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and food and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you. And I know that you're in exactly the right place to change that narrative and build a body you love inside and out. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fit and Free podcast. Thank you so much for joining and thank you so much for all the DMs I get, the questions I get asked, uh, the shares. I really, really appreciate it. So thank you. Before we get into today's episode, a reminder that I have places open for the Glam Body Program, which is very exciting. If you are a female and you want a physique result, whether it's getting jacked, getting lean, both, then shoot me through a message at Amy Louise Coaching on Instagram and we can see if you are a good fit for the program but it covers custom nutrition custom training there is mindset help and an education portal as well to make sure that you're fully equipped to reach your physique goals and I'm very excited to have places open Let's dive into today's episode. So last week I spoke on my reflections on a, my first novice sanctioned powerlifting meet back in 2020, February 2020. And today we're going to do the same thing, but for the two bikini comps that I competed in back in 2016, I had actually just become a certified PT by that stage. So I believe I got certified at the end of August and the comps were in September. So yeah, you know, really, really brand new to everything, but we're going to dive into that today. It's also pretty exciting because I'm a day four of this bikini comp prep, which I'm very excited for. So maybe I'll just give you a quick update because I think some of you will be kind of interested in what I'm doing. I'm four days in, well, three days completed yesterday, today's day four. The show is not until the 30th of October. So we have, I believe it's going to be a 24 week prep, which may sound long to some people. Just understanding I've come off the back of a very, very lengthy growth phase. So there will be some body fat to shed for sure. I'm sort of tossing up whether I will talk about numbers. I don't think I'll do that on this podcast. I don't think it's the appropriate place or the right audience to specifically talk numbers with, but I will be doing that on my YouTube. So if you want to jump to Fit and Free with AIM on YouTube, find my channel, you'll see there's already two, there's a growth, there's actually two growth phase videos up and I'm going to be doing one very soon, maybe today or tomorrow, talking about my bikini comps so far and I'll dive into some more numbers on there. I just want to make sure that the people listening, the information is appropriate and we're not hearing things we really don't need to hear. So yeah, four days in, we've taken a, I would say moderately aggressive approach with this. Uh, it, It doesn't quite feel aggressive to me, especially only being a few days in. I'm sure the cumulative impact of weeks and weeks of this over time, though, you know, it it does feel that way. And I have previous experience with getting to those comp, well, semi-comp stage lean levels uh, last time. So I know that it doesn't feel like much at the start. 
And then it's really only towards the end, like that cumulative impact of having a lower body fat and continuing to do what you do. That's when you really start to feel the feels, but we've gone moderately aggressive. We want to get ahead of things. So even though I have 24 weeks, um, it can be really, really intelligent to go right in hard first. And it is the ideal, although it doesn't, I don't think it happens that often it would be amazing to be able to like reverse into a show. So increase food, you know, for for multiple weeks, like maybe, you know, two weeks or so into a show because you're going to present on stage as vibrant and healthy and muscles will be, will be filled all of those sorts of things. Um, It's, it's just a much better presentation on show when someone can come in having been, you know, eating quite a, quite a bit, which is, which is an awesome, awesome place to be, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. There's also a show, I believe it's on like the 4th of October that is sort of up in the air for me. I may do, it really depends on how I'm coming in at that point in time and yeah, how, how I look and that the point of that show would just be to get some stage experience prior to the, the 30th of October show, which is the more important show for me. It's the one I want to do. So let's dive into this. How many reasons do I have? So I've got some notes up in front of me. I have one, two, three, four, five, five, I think five lessons. So let's dive in. Believe it or not, <laughs> for all of my eating bullshit. And if you want to dive back to episode number one, you get a pretty good breakdown of all the bullshit I put myself through. This, the, the, the bikini comp prep that I did, it was actually the first time I properly stuck to a deficit for more than four weeks. Uh, and I'll give you a few reasons why. So the last, the last bikini comp, I believe, Geez, I think it was maybe 24, I actually think it was, maybe it was 24 or 26 weeks all up too. So there are a few reasons why, and the reason why I'm going into this is because it's actually applicable for any fat loss phase. So this isn't bikini comp specific. But number one, I had a very clear and significant goal in mind, and that goal meant a lot to me. So previously, when I had been trying to be in a deficit, they were for very superficial reasons. So for example, well, I've got a 21st on the weekend or like I've got a dress that I want to fit into. They were kind of bullshit reasons that really didn't, they didn't mean anything to me. So more often than not, when, you know, any sort of push came to shove, I wasn't sticking to the deficit. Uh, The other thing was with that, there are of course a whole lot of bullshit things in my head about food and restriction, which were just making it all the more hard. So I get that that's a component too that needs to be considered uh, in previous deficits. So I really had a vision in my mind of like the goal that I wanted to achieve. And also somehow I just, I really don't know how I, how I knew this, but I think it was because I spent so much time envisioning it. And I'll talk about that soon. But I really was seeing myself be the person I needed to be to complete a successful bikini comp. And by successful bikini comp, because I think it is still a pretty popular thing to do. And not wanting to take away from everyone's experience, but there's a difference between completing a bikini comp and getting on stage and being competitive. And I think that because it's a sport where you don't have to qualify to get on stage, there's a range of experiences that we're seeing. So I'm talking about actually being a competitive person on stage, as in you have a chance of placing top five, something like that. 
the kind of person you have to be to do that is incredibly disciplined, incredibly organized, incredibly adaptive, incredibly resilient, incredible, uh, in- having incredible problem solving skills. Those are the qual like you have to be hitting almost 10 out of 10 in those specific areas that I've just listed if you want to be competitive on stage. There's no two ways about it. Um, there's also potentially a little bit of the which you know I this is this is a sport and this isn't this we approach this like an athlete and this isn't so much applicable to deficit phases but really having an on switch that just doesn't get turned off no matter what and of course we're in a very privileged position being able to compete and I want people to remember that this isn't like needing to lose, um, you know, any body fat for say health reasons or anything like that. It's a totally different thing. It's, you know, it's obviously a very privileged way to be. So just, just making sure we keep that in mind. But that idea of that woman was significantly compelling for me. And I remember what I was doing. So at the time when I started the bikini comp prep, I was working in my old job. So I was a fifth year solicitor. I really was not happy in that job at all. I had pretty significant anxiety and it it wasn't a great place for me to be. I didn't want to be there anymore. And so, yeah, look, I'm, I'm kind of crazy. Sometimes I take on a lot. So I was doing that job. Um, I had started my prep and I had actually also started doing a certificate, the certificate three and four in fitness. So that was like, so I had, you know, full-time work um, and that was very stressful and that I was feeling really anxious about. Plus I'd start a prep. Plus I was also doing my cert three and four, which was um, Wednesday night. So I was lucky enough that I was working in the city at the time on Collins Street, if anyone knows Melbourne. And the place where I was doing my cert three and four was literally just a walk down Collins Street, which was fantastic. But I'm pretty sure that started at like six o'clock on Wednesday night, went till eight maybe. And then all day, all day, every Sunday, I believe it was all day, every Sunday, maybe it was every second Wednesday and all day, every Sunday, something like that. So it was a significant load that I'd put myself under. And I imagine some of you are resonating with just taking on a lot of things at, at a time. And it's we're going to end up in a bit of a car crash situation. The thing was for me not to go off on too much of a tangent, but I knew that I did want to get out of that work at some stage. I sort of thought maybe the end of 2016, maybe the, the start of 2017. Um, as things would have it, I didn't last that long after that after that after loading myself up with everything I believe I finished up at my solicitor role on I think it was around May 2016 something like that yeah so but I I digressed what I ended up doing for my prep pretty early on was I would wake up in the morning and I would go for a walk and during that walk I thought about the exact same thing every single morning and what I thought about was seeing myself walk up the steps on stage and do my posing routine and I would imagine that every single morning on my walk I would feel what it would feel like I would feel what it would feel like to get a placing 
And when I look back, I think that this was a significant player in my success. And actually in the first show I did come, I came third, which was like absolutely phenomenal. Now it's really interesting at the time I was doing this visioning, I really had no idea what I was doing. Like it wasn't like I'd read that that was necessary in a book or anything like that. It just came out at me as the right thing to do. And I was so incredibly excited about getting up on that stage. I wanted to spend my time leaning into that and just playing it over and over again, like athlete rehearsal, really, you know, um, it was very, very important thing to do. And what I was, what I was doing was really, really eliciting that again, like I said, that feeling of who it's going to require me to be. Now I had actually probably hardly watched any vid- videos at that point of what the stage looks like. You know, I hadn't, I didn't know where I was um, going to be doing the comp at any time, but I just imagined it. Right. And I do believe that it's very compelling. And, and since then I've read about Michael Phelps, who I, I don't have the details. So I'm sorry if anyone is a big Michael Phelps fan, but I believe there were, I believe it was an Olympic race where water got inside his goggles, um, which would have destroyed a lot of people, but he had just mentally rehearsed his swim over and over again. I believe he even broke a record in that particular race. And so after the after me sort of starting to do this visioning exercise naturally myself, I read about the Michael Phelps swim and it really solidifies in my mind how important it is for us to use our imagination and sit in the person we got, you know, we're aspiring to be or the event that we're completing or whatever and just go through the motions in our head. And it seems from what I understand with the brain science, our brain actually can't really tell the difference between what's happening and what's not if we're using our imagination to lean into and feel those feelings and it can mean the difference between getting up on stage and like totally blacking out and having no idea what's going on to I've your, your body's like I've been here I've done this before so that was that one and <laughs> believe it or not <laughs> the the start of my comp prep last time and the same thing this time None of them are as aggressive as the diets that I'd previously engaged in. So again, if you go back to that first episode, you'll hear the crazy shit that I did. (laughs) When we do a comp prep, like even when it's aggressive, and when I say aggressive, usually it's just the deficit that we start off at. So if we were doing maybe a lifestyle client who potentially wanted to lose some body fat, but you know, they have kids, they have work, blah, blah, blah. We might in that situation use a conservative approach um, just so that they can be consistent and start getting some wins on the board. You know, you might start with maybe like a 10, 15% deficit as a conservative approach. Um, But that's what the aggression is. It's the percent of the deficit. When, before I knew better, before I was qualified, my idea of uh, dieting would have been the same as probably you if you're listing, which is, well, not only would I be doing an aggressive deficit, so, you know, everyone knows the 1200 calories, which for most people is greater than a 30% deficit, which like we wouldn't even really need to do for a bikini comp at any stage. Um, Plus, not only is it like usually a 1200 calorie diet, there's usually a fucking bunch of food rules that go with it. Don't eat bread, don't eat chocolate, don't have any meals out, just have fish and broccoli for dinner, chicken and broccoli for um, lunch and then skip breakfast, right? They're, they're so fucking aggressive. And I, I'm laughing not because I haven't done this. I had done this so many damn times. It's so challenging to stick to for more than a few days. You're not going to get a result. It's going to feel like you're working your ass off, but you won't get any long 
long-term result because you can't sustain it for long enough to get a a fat loss result, right? So uh, it just it is just making me laugh because you don't even need to go that aggressive <laughs> for something like a show. It's just that you know you can see the difference, right? The ability to sustain, uh, you know, training performance, all of that sort of stuff for a period of say like my comp prep is going to be twenty four weeks. Um, get a result, continue to get fat loss, make sure we're not um, really overstressing the body because we're going to be placing the body under a lot of stress in a comp prep like it has to. But we want to try and, you know, play the line of that needle and make sure we don't hit red too many times. We're probably going to hit red in a comp prep, but we don't want to hit it too many times. Whereas, um, you know, old mate who has no idea what she's doing decides to do 1200 calorie diet and include all these food rules and intermittent fast and whatever else, right? She's fucking pushing red line straight away. Like it's just not going to happen, right? You know, the amount of stress, physical stress, mental stress, all of it adds up. You're going to tank yourself. It's no good, but you don't need, yeah, you just don't need to do that. So if you are listening and you're still kind of in the boat that yes, if I want to get into a fat loss phase, it does means I need to completely overhaul my lifestyle, you know, do over a 30% deficit um, and have all these food rules. I hope that you can hear that it's absolutely not necessary to do that. Um, And the, the physical and mental stress of it all is highly likely going to set you back. I've actually never come across one person, not one person who has said to me that they thought that, or sorry, that on reflection, they did the right thing by totally tanking themselves um, at the start of a diet. No one has said that. Everyone who I've spoken to have said, typically after a little while, they actually end up having gained even more weight and they have a whole lot of food bullshit in their mind and a whole lot of body image bullshit and they think they're a fucking failure. It never, ever, ever works, okay? Went on a bit of a rant. Okay, I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back and we'll get into the the second lesson I learned, which was, and this will go for anyone who's done anything athletically. It can even be the powerlifting, whatever it is, but it's like you realize you have a greater capacity than you ever imagined. I actually realized this learning-wise. So the jump from high school to uni, I was like, whoa, fuck, I've got another level here that I didn't have in high school. And then the jump from uni to full-time work as a solicitor, I was like, whoa, fuck me. Now I have I have a total another level of capacity that I didn't have in uni. And it's like, this is just that constant being pushed out of your comfort zone where like, you know, yes, you have a choice. You could choose to not show up and, and do nothing. But most of us really do like to excel. So we find that we have another gear and it's like, oh, fuck, I have another gear. And to be quite frank with you, absolutely doing a bikini comp prep is one of the hardest things I've ever done. And some of this will be the fact that I was still dealing with a whole lot of like body image stuff at the time that I was doing it for sure. But it showed me like, oh, you know, I haven't done my steps and it's 10.30 p.m. I haven't done my training sessions and it's 10.30 p.m. You guess what? I'm going to the gym. I would not recommend that for a lifestyle client. Absolutely. The toll in terms of the impact of, you know, sleep and stress, not not an intelligent thing to be doing. Um, But again, at this stage, I was working full time. I was doing a PT certificate as well at the same time. And there were just days that I do remember. It wasn't lots of days, but there were days where I was still at the gym at, uh, you know, 11 o'clock or so getting things done because I needed to do it. And again, partly that's was silly strategy on my behalf. I'm sure, I'm sure I could have um, done something better to have uh, moved my timetable around and got things done. 
but for whatever reason I do remember it was like there's just like there's no excuses you know I saw someone post on a competitor's page the other day and was like what happens when you like um overeat uh, on you know a comp prep diet and the the competitor was like like you don't it's it's not a question and I do believe a hundred percent if if you're listening and you do want to compete just don't even entertain the what ifs they're not going to happen there's there's no missed sessions you know unless you're in hospital with a broken leg there's no missed sessions there's no missed food there's no none of that happens we get everything done and it might be sounding very robotic and it is like i said it's a it's an extreme sport and it absolutely takes over your life and it's significantly challenging it does show you the gears you have which can and I see it leak into other areas of my life. And I'll get into this as the very last one. I'll talk about the impact that gear has and finding out that you have that gear uh, on other areas of your life. But like I said, I know that this is sounding extreme and it is, it is extreme. Um, so the next lesson is you need to trust your coach. Okay. It is critical Uh, that you listen to your coach, that you don't go asking other people's coaches for advice. You don't go asking other bikini competitors what they're doing and paying attention to that, okay? So I, I did this. And unfortunately, the approach, so I'll just, I'll just say it because I've said it before, but in in my the last I think it was the last six to eight weeks of the comp prep plus my reverse diet unfortunately my coach was um, becoming a bit of a keto zealot and she was doing a keto herself and she believed that keto was the best way to get physique results we know that that's not true it is a method of look honestly I can't really support it for physique results in any way shape or form it has medical value for I believe people with epilepsy there's a number of other medical conditions that I believe that it is useful for I'm not a medical professional but from the people who know what they're talking about in that field from what I understand keto has benefits for a certain type of population not for competitors no I've (laughs) no, but I didn't know better at that time. I was obviously through or sorry, completing my cert three and four in fitness. I had no actual like nutritional certificate or anything at that time. And you're in a pretty emotional, vulnerable place towards the end of comp. So you don't really know what's happening. And I'm the kind of person who does like I, even from the get go, I was like, I'm just listening to my coach. I'm not going to ask other people for feedback. I don't want to be second guessing. I don't want to be adding a layer of stress, wondering if I should be doing something different. I'm going to do what my coach says. Now, in this case, uh, it, it didn't work out for me, right? It didn't work out for me. And I probably should have spoken up, but unfortunately I didn't know anything or sorry, I didn't know enough. So I do think that as is it's it's easy for me to say in hindsight, but if you can make sure you have some kind of experience before you compete, it will help you just in case any uh, strategy of your coach doesn't sound quite right. You'll have some knowledge to be able to say, actually, I don't think keto is going to work for me. What else, what other approach can we take? Um, or at the start of the comp prep, making sure you say to your coach, okay, can you explain to me what my my whole prep and my recovery diet after is going to look like? just so I know, just so we can tease anything out now, because who knows, I don't think she was a keto zealot when we started my prep, but it, it started to take over for her personally. Um, she might've said, so we're going to do this up until there, and then we're going to take you keto. I, you know, I don't know, but maybe I would have said, oh, that's interesting. Is there another approach we could have used? Right. 
But it is critical you trust your coach. I see this all of the time of people just, yeah, in Facebook groups asking questions about my coach said blah, blah, blah. What should I be doing? You've just got to, you've chosen your coach. You've just got to roll with it. Now, like I said, I, you know, I am a woman of nuance, so I get it. Like in my situation, it didn't quite work and it might've been beneficial to have someone else say to me, but trust me, the stress is probably not worth it. Now, a definite caveat, if your coach is telling you to take drugs and you don't want to fucking run, don't take them, like don't. <laughs> That's a definite caveat to this point. Um, don't do that. Um, and it's just it's, it's just something to remember that especially with social media, people are going to be having their points of view all the time. I had a client of mine um, a few weeks ago in a, or not a few weeks ago, actually it was months ago, in a deficit phase and someone was saying to her, well, this is how much you, sh- uh, you should be eating. And I was like, he had no idea of her situation and no idea of her stats, um, no idea of her, you know, her past dieting history and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, people will, people will definitely ask you and then tell you that they know better, whether it's how many days you're training, what your training split looks like, um, the food that you're eating, you know, what, what your schedule looks like. People will, people will go off. It's best if you can be confident in the approach that you and your coach have set out make sure that they explain it to you before you start and then just rock and roll with it and understand that those last few weeks it's highly likely you'll be second guessing yourself it's highly likely you won't think you're as lean as you need to be and all of this stuff that's really normal we see it all of the time Um, but that lesson is trust your coach (laughs) all right the next one was a really interesting one and there's also a caveat here I've got but I realized I didn't need anything outside of myself to self-soothe or like regulate my emotions. So funny story, right? So I I quit my job. <laughs> my I was, you know, five years into that job. I quit it whilst I was still doing my cert three and four and I had a mortgage. Pretty ballsy thing to do. I just, I look back at that. I'm like, fuck me. I did that, you know? Uh, but yeah, I did it. <laughs> when you know, you know. Now... What what the situation was, I didn't have oodles of money. Yes, I did have a pretty good, um, what do you call it? You know, I had all my sick leave and all my leave entitlements paid out. And, you know, high achiever, I reckon I'd taken two six days in five years. So I had quite a lot of leave and I did get, you know, a fair bunch of money leaving my job. But it wasn't that much, right? And I had a mortgage and I didn't know what starting my business was going to be like. Was it going to be profitable? How was it going to go? Blah, blah, blah. So uh, what I found very early on was, well, I didn't want to spend money on clothing or anything like that. Uh, you know, and I'm spending a little bit on my coach. I'm spending a little bit on posing sessions, which are quite pricey and, you know, my suits and all those sorts of things. So I wasn't engaging in any retail therapy, which when I was at my job was my sort of method of self-soothing was like to just buy shit made me feel better for like five minutes, right? But I couldn't eat anything because not, not anything. I couldn't eat, you know, outside of my, my plan basically. So there was no food soothing. There was no retail therapy soothing. And I was like, at the point in time, I had no other strategies. I I hadn't really, I'd actually done a graduate diploma in wellness at RMIT a couple of years prior to that, whilst I was also working full time. Like, I just like to do a whole lot of shit, don't I? Um, but I, so I had sort of started to do or have some understanding about mindfulness and meditation and all those sorts of things, but I'd never had actual like counseling. I'd never had anyone actually 
practically take me through those sessions. So yeah, I remember just having this absolute breakdown one day and I was like, I can't eat anything. I can't buy anything. I literally just had to sit here and cry. And it was probably one of the first times where I just sat, cried without any distractions and let it pass. And that was a big, big, big lesson because if you've never actually done that, if you found that you go to numbing straight away, it's a, it's an incredible, powerful lesson to just go, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to feel my feelings. And it's incredibly uncomfortable for a short period of time, but you do find that it's like an emotional wave that does dissipate. If you, if you actually let it out, you'll get to the end of it and it goes away. And it's, it is really, really strange when you first do it because you're like, oh, you know, I've just spent five, five, ten minutes bawling and I'm all right. Like, well, the world's still going. I'm alive. Need to just put one foot in front of the other. And so usually in those situations, it'll be like, okay, I'll jump online and try and find a dress, right? Or I'll try and find a pair of shoes or, you know, look at real estate or, you know, just bullshit stuff that would just distract and numb me from the feelings. But I couldn't do that in the prep. Like it wasn't happening. Um, wasn't going to be able to buy anything, couldn't eat anything off my plan or anything that's really going to give me some emotional soothing. So I literally had to feel my feels. And it really did show me that like, whoa, you're really resilient. You're capable of taking a lot of shit, right? So that was that lesson. Um, now, another one that is really specific to bikini comms is I actually wanted to talk a little bit about my food strategy, my food scheduling strategy. So I'm only going to be talking about like times and and that kind of stuff. Um, But it's really useful to, and it's something that I'm implementing now, which I didn't implement last time, is setting a schedule for foods with some alarms to eat at certain times. And again, depending on your work and whatnot, you'll, you may need to, or you may not have as much flexibility with this, but what I was, what I found um, through the bikini comp was sometimes I'd sort of be eating everything by three or 4 PM, which, you know, it's fine. I still stuck to my plan, but it just was making things much more emotionally challenging than it needed to be. So this time around, what I've decided to do is start food at around like 10 a.m. And then it's it's not exact, but it's pretty much every two and a half hours and then last meal at seven. And I'm finding it, it's really, really good. Yes, I'm only three days in, but I, I've actually never done this. Not ever, not for anything. And it's definitely the lesson I learned from last time to um, have some kind of meal timing strategy, I think is going to be really, really intelligent for you um, moving forward. All right, so the next one, very specific to bikini comps and the end of the show. So what I did wrong last time, so I didn't, this wasn't a lesson I actually learned until months after the fact was I had in my head that, you know, I'd been so restrictive with my food. I was like, well, if I do a bikini comp, then surely I'll have earned, you know, multiple days of eating like an asshole. So basically I didn't even think of multiple days. I was like, once I finish my bikini comp, I can kind of eat like an asshole. Um, and yes, I had started to learn about recovery diets and reverse diets and I knew how important they were, but I think in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, but I've worked so hard. I'll be so lean. I definitely deserve to just go all out. And to be honest, I think that that was actually a big driver of me wanting to do a comp, having known that I had, you know, been become so lean or whatever that I probably could eat whatever I wanted. This is a huge mistake. So what I did was I finished the comp on whatever day it was. Maybe it was a Sunday night. 
and I had a, you know, takeaway food, whatever, pizza. And then I don't think my coach and I had a reverse diet plan implemented for, I believe it was like the whole week. I don't think I'm exaggerating. I believe it was like, okay, take a full week off training, take a full week off eating, and we'll start again the following Monday in in like the reverse diet, which was keto. (laughs) You can't do that. And not even, I reckon even a full day, a full day the next day of just doing whatever you want, say like, you know, uh, takeaway meal the night of and then a full day. And I reckon you're close to fucking yourself right over because your um, hormones, so leptin and ghrelin, which is like your um, hunger hormones and satiation hormones are fucking fucked. They're fucked by that time. So um, when we start to have, um, you know, this kind of like, well, I can have whatever multiple times and then you're you're eating food, um, your body is going to be telling you that you're starving because you pretty much are. And it's it's almost impossible to control once you've let that cat out of the bag. And having multiple days, multiple meals out where it's just sort of like unlimited and you can do whatever you want. Number one, like you're not number one, but you're also your me- metabolism will be much lower than usual because you've just lost a whole lot of um, body weight. So percent body weight. Um, and you know, you've adapted to all of that, um, output as well. Right. So you're in, you're in like the worst place of the whole prep at the end of the prep to start going off your, whatever your plan or your strategy is. And it's really glorified online. So it's very glorified to be having donuts and pizza and bullshit backstage after the show. It's very glorified to then go out, you know, these huge tables of competitors going out and going nuts on food look, you can't even eat that much to be honest with you because you feel really sick. And then it's sort of, it's, it is glorified again the next few days to, you know, people might travel, go on holidays, they have book holidays, there's donuts and cakes and freak shakes and burgers and all this shit. And it's, 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 I would fucking highly recommend you do not do any of that. Um, the meal out afterwards, yeah, fine. Like one meal out for dinner or whatever after the show, go for your life, whatever. It's not going to be a big deal. As long as in your mind, you know, the very next day you're going to be following your reverse strategy and the reverse strategy. So I wasn't able to successfully do this. Remember I had taken, um, I believe it was a week off. It was minimum four or five days off completely, um, was having whatever I wanted, trying to then come back to, you know, it was still, uh, I don't even know if we had be back at maintenance to be honest with you at that time. Um, it was very, it was still very low calories and keto. So, you know, 20 grams carbs, 20, 30 grams of carbs. Um, it was a, just a disaster. Like I couldn't stick to it. I was overeating and then, yeah, it was just a, it was a, it was a whole thing. It was 12 kilo weight gain in eight weeks. <laughs> now we're going to absolutely have weight gain after a show. Totally like, um, you, you know, just say you, yeah, I won't actually, I'll leave numbers for my YouTube channel. So I, I won't continue with that thought process, but it is really, really important that we just are aware if we're glorifying what competitors are eating post show. Um, there might be a little bit of a red flag there that like, are you doing the show for the right reasons? Do you think it means you're going to be able to eat like an asshole for a full week after the show? No, don't do it. Really dumb. Um, take your recovery diet seriously, coaches, and you will have different plans. Some people will do a little bit more conservative, especially maybe if they have shoots or other comps or whatever. Um, but 
the one of the best approaches sounds like a recovery diet which is straight back to your new anticipated maintenance which will be quite low because you're very lean um but then pretty much consecutively building on that week by week to get you out. The idea is to get you out and get you at a much higher, well, not a much higher body fat percentage, but a, a healthy body fat percentage ASAP. Like it's it's critical to get you there as soon as possible um, in, in terms of health, right? So just understand that if you're not happy with your physique when your prep starts, know that it's highly likely you're going to be back in that physique or similar within two months of the show like you're you're going to be back there right or you know there may be some body recomp that might come through you might find that you're um maybe a little bit leaner have more muscle mass highly like you'll be highly likely you'll probably be similar weights as well for most people but just understand that if we're not taking drugs it's highly likely that the way you start prep you know a few months after it's probably going to be quite similar to the way you look and if you've got a problem with that the prep isn't the answer. You need to make peace with your physique now before you start, because it's it's a it's a very it's a crazy thing to spend so long getting lean and then basically to be working against that as hard as you can for health reasons, you know, over four, six, eight weeks of a recovery diet to increase your body fat. Like you're working specifically to increase your body fat. Um, you're getting less attention on social media. People aren't thinking that you're amazing anymore. Like that's a real thing. You know, people aren't commenting. There's no journey to follow. Yeah. So just be just be very mindful of that. Okay, the final lesson to finish us off is kind of circles back to the first one, which is that lesson of the person you have to become to compete a prep and become competitive on the other day feeds into all aspects of your life. So even I found with like just simple things, you know, I'm three days in, four days in, and I'm finding I'm even keeping my house a little bit tidier just because I need to systemize everything. I need to have specific routines now to make sure I'm getting everything done on time. And it's just easier for me to clean as I go. So, you know, I'm seeing that. I'm also seeing my enthusiasm and excitement with some work things as well increase. Uh, and just being much more regimented and again even though I'm early on and I don't have to kick into that other gear yet I can see that it's going to come and even though energy might dissipate um, unfortunately one of the side effects of going through a prep is a little bit of um, it can be a little bit of sleep loss but it does mean you wake up with quite a lot of energy to get the day rearing um and yeah this level of productivity this level of kind of like being a a bit of a robot and being like well fuck i don't feel like it doesn't matter really does start to seep into other aspects of life which can be really really beneficial especially in a work sense like you like i said you can find yourself more productive you can find yourself more productive around the house um, more organized more resilient and just less likely to buy into your own bullshit excuses because in another aspect of your life you're practicing not not doing that right so there you go i hope you really enjoyed that i hope there was some things to take away even if you don't care about bikini competing um i hope there was a few things that you can take away from that so i actually can't remember what podcast i have scheduled for next week but a reminder if you are looking for coaching places inside the glam body program to shoot me a message if you really resonated with this episode 
then definitely be sure to give it a share on your stories and tag both Fit and Free Podcast and Amy Louise Coaching. I appreciate it so much. Oh, and if you also love the podcast, I would love if you could give it a review uh, on Spotify or iTunes or on iTunes, I believe it is. That would be that would mean the most to me. So otherwise, guys, I will leave you here and I will speak to you next week.